0: Welcome everyone back to the beautiful souls podcast. I know I say this every time that I have a guest, but I actually genuinely excited every time I have a guest on, but today is incredibly exciting because we have on miss Crystal Burgess, who is a caravan cre- queen, queen, and career coach. Um, she also is one of my clients and she is going to be sharing her incredible story and her journey over the past like year and a bit because she has had an absolute crazy transformation. And I think we'll share probably a little bit about like behind the scenes of how Crystal came into my world because fun story guys, Crystal was actually my boss (laughs) a few (laughs) years ago and so the tables have kind of turned Um, and so she uh, is just an absolute light beam and I have had the pleasure of watching her basically turn her entire life upside down over the past year, leave a job that she was ready to leave and really fully leap into a life that lights her the fuck up and do her genius in a way that she can travel australia and live in her caravan and live her best life so i am so excited to have you here
1: Thank you so much, Danielle. That is such a beautiful wrap, and I'm so glad to be here and absolutely sharing some of my incredible story. And I hope anyone that gets to listen to this podcast um, takes away something that sort of inspires them to want to go and do something that they've always wanted to do. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, the reason why I wanted to have you on is I think we were having a conversation or like I said to you, maybe it was like a month ago or something like this. I was like, you need to share your story because basically what's happened to you in the past 18 months is mind-blowing. And I think Mm. we learn so much through people's experiences and we see ourselves in other people's experiences. And this is why I love sharing, you know, stories about my life and other people's lives because I really believe that, you know, what you're going to share today about your own transformation, how that's really going to inspire other people. Because even though today you're the caravan queen and career coach and like sunshine (laughs) traveling bikini babe, (laughs) your life is drastically different 18 Mm. months ago, right? Do you want to tell us a little bit about where you were at?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we did have that conversation only sort of a few weeks ago speaking about, you know, Crystal, you need to sort of share that that part of you more. And it has been something that I've obviously had to work through because it's been such a big transition for myself, but I'm definitely stepping into sort of almost realising that it's happened to me. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, rewinding back to that sort of, you know, 18 months ago, two years ago it started, uh, there were a series of events that had kind of taken place uh, and what the real trigger was was my health started to, to, to decline like rather rapidly um and it was around my 30th birthday um and it was interesting because I at a series of events that led up to that I actually uh had sort of started to really look after my body um and what the trigger was was I actually went for a period of time alcohol free and this was because I was actually uh, looking you know at some fertility treatment at the time and it was so interesting, because I thought, Wow, if I have stopped drinking, I should be starting to feel better <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know, have that experience that you know uh, getting out of bed early on the weekends and really clear mind and and all of those kind of things. And it I wasn't. And progressively, I, I you know reached my thirtieth birthday, and then there was a really rapid decline in my health. And by rapid decline, I mean, I had stopped being able to sort of go to work full time. Uh, The fatigue, it it was a a lingering fatigue that then became sort of incapacitating. Um, So the first thing that was impacted was work um, and my ability to do anything on the weekends. So I had gone from working five days a week, uh, you know, in a corporate job that I was extremely passionate about and extremely proud of how I work and how I show up and commit to, to not being able to work a full work week. And the weekends were basically spent in bed. Um, I I was just sleeping. Um, A few of the weekends and, you know, throughout that period, you know, post turning 30, um, sort of in the second half of that particular year, there were periods where I was sleeping between, you know, 20 to 22 hours a day. Um, So I was barely being awake for two hours at a time. Um, and that could be sustained for days, uh, and that was scary. <laughs> it's so difficult to help people understand what that fatigue felt like. But when I describe that and sort of say you're asleep and there is no energy for you to stay awake, there is mm-hmm. there is no there's nothing that can keep you going. It's just this all consuming exhaustion, and you just have to go and lay back down. And it continued to get worse and worse. And that's when I, uh, I'd obviously begun well before this, I'd begun working with medical professionals to try and get to the bottom of this thinking there must be a deficiency, there must be, you know, something, something, something. And eventually uh, I was just worked up to a chronic fatigue diagnosis, which it, you know, from a medical standpoint, means that you have had sustained life impacting fatigue for a period of six months at least. And from a medical standpoint, there are no underlying triggers that they can um, pinpoint that to. Really, so, there's
0: like they're like there's nothing that triggers this.
1: So the only sort of medical. Uh, thing that they can link it back to or or one thing that has come through with some of the limited studies that they've done on things like chronic fatigue is um lingering infection. So things like glandular fever, people that end up with glandular fever are you know, there's some links in there. Um but then for a lot of people there aren't those links. This chronic fatigue is just diagnosed as a a umbrella of symptoms um and there's no clear medical pinpoint for it. Mm -hmm. So I received that diagnosis in the November after having a sleep study done and visiting a neurologist they were like the last that was after seeing a plethora of um, medical professionals thousands and thousands of dollars trying to find an answer to this, you know desperately searching because by by the, by that stage seeing the neurologist, um, I, I remember sitting there and him delivering the results that the sleep study was clear. Uh, all of my scans were clear, my bloods were still showing clear and this is after having routine blood checks for over 12 months. there was nothing showing and my health was still declining. And, you know, him delivering that news, I'm, um, you know, we are just going to go forward with a chronic fatigue and this is, you know, how you're going to manage it. And I was really lucky. Uh, I had a great specialist that was very supportive because I remember saying to him very specifically, I just need to get to the end of the year. I, I just need to get to December. And I said, can you help me in a way that I can you know, I just want to make it to Christmas basically, because I'm not really sure what I had in mind, but I just thought I just want to close out the year. I I felt like I'd really lost a lot of control and a lot of lost a lot of myself in that process. So I just wanted to close out the year. And then for some reason, I just, I just knew that I would know what to do next. So I was lucky he prescribed uh, some medical stimulants for me and I was able to kind of maintain the work schedule that I had at that point which was very flexible again because I I didn't know what my energy levels were really going to be like and I was able to sort of get through that Christmas period with Mm -hmm. social functions and you know because the impact was as well when you're not able to get out of bed you're not able to engage in, in any social activities and and that was really starting to impact me and it was it was becoming to it was Becoming really difficult for me to understand what is the fatigue now and what is the fact that I just can't get out of bed. And that's really playing on my mind. And that's just like a really heavy weight. And it was just, it all felt like the world was kind of closing in for a little while there.
0: I can imagine that would bring on levels of depression as well, because you Mm. kind of think you're in bed all day. You're like, well, Mm. what is the point? Like you're exhausted. Mm. If you have no energy, then you have no kind of you don't suck the joy out of life Mm. like you do now, Mm. Um, right? Like it's, it's actually mind blowing. And I remember you said this to me, right? Didn't your mom have to come over and like help you shower and help you manage your day?
1: I was exactly, there was, uh, my parents came and supported me many of those days. I had friends come and help me wash my hair, change my bed sheets, you know, simple things like that. The task of changing my sheets would have ruined me for days. Um, you know, so I had girlfriends come and, you know, bring food and, you know, support me wherever I needed it, um, and that was, that's when I really realised how serious this was as well because I was like, I, I'm incapacitated. You know, having mm. my parent, you know, I'd turned 30 and having my parents need to come and, and care for me. There were there were days where I had not got out of bed to even go to the toilet. I, did, I didn't need to. I was just, I hadn't drunk any water. I had just been asleep and that just continued. And the thought of even having to sort of swing my legs around and sit up. I'd lost complete connection with my body at that point. Mm. And, yeah, you you speak a little bit to depression there. And um, it is a question I do get asked, uh, you know, how did your mental health handle that? And I was so low, so, Mm. so low. And and there were definitely times where I had very invasive thoughts because I thought I was meeting my own death.
0: Mm.
1: I, I can't describe it to any other, nothing else, I've ever done in my life or experienced I had felt that way and it's the only thing that only way I could describe it to people was that Mm. I think I'm dying because we couldn't find what was wrong and I was slowly but surely losing more and more of myself and my ability to just function as a human you know it wasn't it wasn't just my mind it was my body completely letting go so I, I just thought this must be the end. they
0: and they didn't offer you any solution it was just like you have to manage this for the rest of your life
1: yep so that that's sort of anyone with a chronic fatigue diagnosis and and I will say as well you know chronic fatigue comes under an umbrella of of a multitude of different um diagnoses that that have similar traits where they actually can't pinpoint it to anything so things like fibromyalgia is is another similar one that shows up with similar symptoms um and, yeah, at the moment, the medical professional field just sort of offer that. It's, it's a management. Um, it all depends on, you know, the, the experience that your doctor has had, the experience that your specialists have had. Um, in WA, from my experience, there is a limited amount of specialists that have dealt with things like chronic fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously then started to find communities. So I, I joined groups, um, you know, with the support of my medical sp- specialist to find other people in Perth. Um, And it was very interesting because a lot of the treatment plans that they had been offered were simply, you know, kind of set and forget uh, drug routines, basically. It was just managing the symptoms and managing the flare-ups as best as they could. Um, So that's, that's why I was seeking the medical professional help to get some stimulants to get me through to the end of the year. And once the end of the year came, then I just knew, I I can't describe it and I can't pinpoint when it was but I I just I suddenly stopped believing that that was what was happening.
0: Mm.
1: I can't describe it but it's it I just started to feel that this is this is not it for me and and that was the turning point. You know people ask so so when did you what was the turning point for you and it really was I went from the feelings of I'm I believe that I'm I'm dying because there's I thought I had some form of leukemia or, you know, something Mm. horrible like that, um, that they couldn't find. And then the tipping point really was, okay, I'm not going to accept this diagnosis, but I'm also not going to chase the medical realm. Mm. I'm going to explore a bit more of myself because something in me said, you need to explore this more, Crystal. Mm -hmm. You need to, I want you to, there's more to this. Mm. And that's, yeah, like I said, having those long days in bed, I was kind of forced to be with myself. And upon reflection now, that was the first time I was forced to be with myself probably in my whole life, <laughs> mm. um, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people in their 20s and, and 30s can relate to that. You know, the pace of life, you come in, you, you finish school and then you just hit the ground running and it's, you're focusing on your career, you're focusing on your friendships, You then you, you know, you're focusing on your relationships and you're building a family and building a life. And you often, you know, a lot of people skip that part where they really get to know who they are as their own person. Mm. And for me, that's, yeah, very very in tune. And that started really coming through at the start of the year for me. Um, And that was a tipping point. I I then said to myself, the only way I'm going to give myself the air to breathe is to take a a big leave from work, Um, which was a really hard decision to make. But I knew, again, I just, there was something in me that just knew this was the right decision. So I I moved on that and I finished work uh, in the middle of February. And those first sort of weeks of being at home and not working Um, that was that was a really interesting time because again I took a big dip, dip and I think a lot of that was the emotional kind of realization of what is what had happened so even though intuitively I'd started to feel like no 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 I'm going to find out what's wrong here. There's there's something I can discover myself. There was still that part of me that was grieving a little bit of, oh, my goodness, this is what my life has become. I'm mm-hmm. so sick that I can't work now. And I, I don't know if I'm ever going to feel better again. And I don't know what the future is going to look like for me this year. Uh, and that, that was, again, another really low point in terms of how my mental health was holding up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was just from there. I kind of came out there was some fog clear you know the brain fog I can't describe to people not only was it tiredness but the brain fog and this mm-hmm. is I'm somebody who is extremely quick um, capable you know articulate can really my memory's on point you know my job required that of me and that's what I used to pride myself on and I lost all of that and what I noticed then was in those next few few months the fog started to clear and as I got a piece of clarity you know that where my brain felt like it was my old self I would just take advantage of it and I would move and when I say move I just I said to myself do something with it you know do something with the clarity that you've got because you don't know how this how long this is going to sort of last and I think it's important to note at this point this is this is actually when I when I came into your world dk i started Mm -hmm. that was that was the start of that year i i um i like you said our history was we'd known each other um for the good part of the last five years now, uh, we work yeah. worked together.
0: And I feel uh, like this is so, I, so cool to know in hindsight for, for people that, yeah, I mean, I mean, nobody would know, but I, so Crystal was my boss. Um, and when I was in my last couple of years of training, um, and I remember that I would go in for like evaluations, like quarterly evaluations and I'm a very self-aware person. So I'd be like, yeah, no, I can do this better. I could do this better. I can do this better. And, and I, I feel like, and then you would kind of be a bit like in baffled by me. Cause you're like, wow, you're like really self-reflective. And then we, me and Crystal, like, I think sometimes I remember once specifically, I think we spent like an hour, she was just asking me questions. She's like, so, so what are you doing after? So you're just gonna, you're just gonna move to Bali and, and start a business. And she's like, but what if you fail? And I just remember, I was like, that coach I don't know if I was coaching you but I was like basically just sharing all the perspectives that I have now in a more expanded way and it's so funny um you know in hindsight that those were conversations we were having back in like 2018 2019 mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and now looking where you are now it, it it's really 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 like incredible to see but Then I I don't don't mean to interrupt your Mm. story. You then you started to come into my world and you started I know you did did the work in a few ways, right? Because you work with some psychologists and trauma specialists and and, like you went all in and I applaud you in that. And Mm. would you say so if there was the turning point, but People are going to wonder, like, well, what was the thing? Like, how Mm. did you go from not being able to get out of bed and people having to wash Mm. your hair to Mm. like uprooting your entire life, feeling Mm. so vibrant again and being able to start your own business?
1: Yeah. Like, how did I do it? So it was just, yeah, I had that intuitive feeling and the feeling was, was, yeah, there's something to discover. And then I went, well, okay, I, I don't even know where to start to find what I'm looking for, but I knew it was within and as you said, I, I've spent a lot of time, um, in the past, you know, I've always lent into, um, you know, traditional therapy. Um, you know, I was always quite an anxious person in my twenties. So, you know, looking after my mental health was something I was really always at the forefront for myself. And I sort of sat back and I thought, okay, that just doesn't feel like the right path for me right now with the the intuitive feeling that I had. I was like, I, th- I think I need something different, um, Something that a psychologist had said to me prior to me getting sick as well was, Crystal, it's time for you to go and spend some time in community. And I said to her, what do you mean? And she said, you know, you come and have one-on-one therapy and, and that's great. Uh, but she said, your mind is incredibly harsh for you. you. You, When you're by yourself, you are, you know, your own worst critic, which a lot of us are. And you also think that, you know, you should have all of this figured out. You, you hold exceptionally high standards for yourself. And she said, so I'd, I'm really going to encourage you to go and do some group work, you know. And at that time, it was just going to be group therapy. And I never took her up, but it just continued to kind of sit there and it, that was the thing. It was, you had that offering. I had been watching you for the good part of a couple of years, just watching on the sidelines. And then you spoke about this program. I remember, you know, you reached out. I, at that point, yeah, I, it was one of those days where I had a a bit of clarity where I I could actually, you know, the brain fog wasn't so bad. And I, I just went, what have I got to lose? Like what have I got to lose? She, you're offering me an eight eight week program at the at the time. You know, it's it's talking a lot about the fundamentals of you know improving your self worth, um, you know, stepping into the person that you want to be. At this point, I was like, God, I've lost myself. So I don't even know who I am. Um, mm-hmm. so I I came in with the framework. none of this is going to be a waste because as well it was the community and I thought this is something different I need to do something different because everything to this point hasn't kind of worked the way I thought Mm. it was going to so I'm going to give this a crack and that was really hard because at the time you know I would show up when I could but there was a lot of times where I just didn't have the bandwidth to be present in that space Um, however you know I trust that that was all happening as it was supposed to because what it then started to bring up when I was able to lean in, watch the call replays, you know, engage in the activities. And then what it started to really draw out was this was incredible purging period began, you know, it was bringing out everything, (laughs) Um, you know, years and years of suppressed feelings and emotions were just starting to surface. And um, it, you know, that was really hard as well, because I, again, I didn't have a lot of mental stamina. Mm -hmm. So it was like, you know, I would discover something about myself and then I'd have to sleep on it for three days, you know, (laughs) like literally, (laughs) yes, literally (laughs) sleep on it. You know, this was, you know, a slow sort of process. So, you know, we say it was eight weeks, but really that, that kind of, that work really drew out over a, a good sort of chunk of almost three months for me, um, and it was funny because I've, I've recently redone the exact program. Daniel runs Reclamation. Amazing. We'll plug it here. Everyone should do it. Every woman <laughs> in the world so. who has access to Reclamation should definitely do it. Um, and we did the fear module recently. And I realized, you know, that was, the, that was the tipping, you know, the real tipping point. You know, when I think about how did I actually make this transformation possible for myself? It was like I listened to my gut. The second part was I put myself in, you know, community to know that I wasn't the only person person that had experienced this kind of stuff that to know that I wasn't alone to know that I could safely purge all of this kind of emotional baggage out of myself and let some of it go and then the part was then how did I go from just why did I not just go back to living my old life why did I decide to sort of burn my whole life down well that was that fear module where it was like this feeling that kept lingering in my stomach you know that it kept nudging me saying more, more, you know, and and we worked through the fear module. And I remember thinking, my goodness, yes, this is okay. There's something greater for me in this lifetime. This is, you know, only a matter of weeks ago, I would have told you that I was dying. And now I'm sitting here with an opportunity to think beyond that. Mm. And I'm starting to have pockets of time and, you know, where I've got this mental clarity and I've got enough energy to process. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to take full advantage of this because what have I got to lose? Mm. That's kind of where I'd got to as a human. And that fear module really grounded that into me. Like, what have I, I'm scared, but guess what? I was scared and I thought I was dying (laughs) and that could have been, you know, that that's how it felt for me. So why not just be scared and go and do something that's going to make me feel alive? And it, it, is, it still is sits so warmly in my heart and, and I get quite emotional about it because it's like I then, this, the next steps that I took, there was still this lingering wonder, was this the end for me? So mm-hmm. I, I'm very attached to the steps that I took and how I took them because they meant so much at the time because I thought if I'm going out, I'm going to go out with a bang. <laughs> if this is the end. I'm, Cause I'm you going.
0: literally felt like you're facing death. So you're like, yes. if this is it, I'm just going to fucking send it and have send the it rest. Yeah. pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Best time ever. Yeah. yeah.
1: If this is, yeah. If this is how, this is what, you know, the universe has installed for me and, and you know, sl- it's slowly taking my body from me. Then I'm going to do that on my own terms and I'm going to make sure I get to dictate what that looks like. And, What that looks like for me was I, you know, finished Worthy. I had done some other sort of, yeah, like you said, personal development work in that space as well, really put myself in some, uh, you know, uncomfortable situations, knowing that I was leaning into this kind of emotional purging and, then what was coming through was like okay you need to chase the sun sister like you are not going to just stay in Perth you aren't going to just wait for your you know your imminent (laughs) imminent end you are going to go and spend time in the sunshine you're going to go and make some memories with your family so my parents uh, you know travel yearly and do the in Australia you know uh, it's very common for uh, retirees to take their cars and caravans travel north um, enjoy the sunshine uh, and I thought I'm going to jump on that. <laughs> I'm going to go and do <laughs> go on the retiree dream. Them... <laughs> <train. laughs> yeah, yeah. I i we call them grey nomads here in Australia. <laughs> I was like, I'm I'm jumping on this. I'm <laughs> this is this is what I'm doing. And again, my 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 energy was so limited at this time. But every time I had a piece of clarity, it was just like, okay, run with it. Run run with it. So it was like, okay, so what do I need? It was just then. It was just logical steps. What do I need to do to make this possible? And I was like, right, I need a car. I need to buy a caravan, and. This is where I look back in hindsight now and I can actually see, you know, I look at this whole situation and I'm so blessed and grateful that this has happened to me. At the time, it was the scariest thing of my life. And now I, I see it for for the beautiful tapestry that it is. But um, I'm very grateful as well that I didn't have a lot of strength uh, in my mind sometimes because it made me just uh, my ability to just jump in, make decisions mm-hmm. and move, not overthink it not let my fear kind of try and talk me out of it, not give me 50 reasons. It was just like, oh, I'm just going to do it. And then I would just do it. So I bought my car, you know, I looked at at the car online on the Friday. I signed on my finance paperwork on the Saturday we got home that Saturday afternoon. I take my parents with me, got home, and I suddenly went, Oh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy this caravan. I'm gonna get this caravan now. And I just opened up like marketplace or something like that, you know, one of the sales play pages. And next thing there was this caravan. And I was like, that's the one I want. Yep, cool. So I messaged them and I said, I'm gonna come and see it Monday. So, you know, I had the Sunday just to sort of, you know, sleep at the time, <laughs> um, save some energy Monday morning. Yep, cool, gonna go straight down and look at this caravan. Took my parents. Again, this was like all still in the midst of managing how much sort of energy I had at the time. So just pushing forward, okay, got it, got the caravan, bought the caravan, that's I like saw it, bought it. Um, you know and this is I'm not like this in decision making. this was not me at all, you know and I think there was a part of my parents for my parents who had been with me through this journey of watching me deteriorate so quickly it was almost like they saw how serious this situation was for me. Then that was the real moment where they both went, ah, okay, this is, this is not good mm. because up until that point, they had really just supported me in, you know, continuing to follow a medical professional advice basically. And now I was like, nah, I'm taking things into my own hands. Like, mm. um, and this is what I'm doing. I'm going to splash a whole pile of cash. I'm not working. I've, I've got mm. no idea what the future holds, but you know, they supported me every step of the way. And I, I, uh, yeah, got those things happening and I made this plan. I was like, I'm I'm gonna come with you guys. We're gonna go you know, follow the West Australian coast and I'm gonna go chase the sunshine. And over the next couple of months, that's what all I focused on was just the next step, the next step. So I was still managing quite heavy fatigue during that time. Um, however, again, I was really lucky. I had the blessing of my specialist to use the medical stimulants, so I was using medical stimulants. and And I will say that that's not something that's all accessible to everyone who, you know, has these diagnoses. So I know I was extremely lucky to have a medical professional that was able to support me in that way. Um, you know, and I continued that medical care. So they were fully aware of what I was doing, and I that was all under very close supervision. But you know, just just for context for people again, you know, because now it sounds like I've just, I did this program, purge all this shit and, you know, just like (laughs) transform my life. And it's like, well, yes, but still at the time of transforming, you know, um, for some context, you know, I was, I had been prescribed, you know, sort of the prescription might've been take three of these stimulants a day, Um, you know, and a normal person that might've taken three, if a normal person took three stimulants, they might not sleep for 24 hours that, you know, they were very high dose stimulants. There were days, and, you know, again, my medical professionals were across this, where I was taking between seven and nine of these particular stimulants, and I would still still need a nap in the car when I came out from Bunnings, for example. Mm-hmm. Bunnings is like a homemaker's sort of store here in yes. Australia. So while I was trying to get myself prepared to leave, I was still still like still struggling with this fatigue so much because any trip to the shop would result in me needing to take like a a 20 minute nap before I could drive anywhere or Mm -hmm. you know then coming home and just being flat on my back for like six to eight hours or you know sometimes it was just like well that was me done I would go and run a few errands and then it would be back to like three to four days of being in bed so Mm -hmm. so that really hadn't left until that those kind of symptoms really didn't start to ease off until I'd I'd got away so you know I, I left Perth in in the May um, or the, right at the start of June, and headed for the sunshine. Made it to a beach camp. It was a camp that I ended. We ended up staying six weeks there. My parents sort of met me one week into into the travels, and that's when I knew that I wasn't going to die. <laughs> I had this feeling come over me that I was I was actually fixing myself, and I was going to fix myself here. After a few days in the sun, I I started to really believe it. I didn't have any evidence at that point still because I was still sleeping a lot, but I started to really believe it. So I continued uh just enjoying the sunshine so people ask well what did you do nothing I was still sleeping (laughs) but it was just you know beside the beach I'd pop to the beach in the morning have a swim enjoy some sunshine read a book um I do want to plug here that at that time I started to read uh something that Dania had encouraged and sort of speaks about in her work was Joe Dispenza and Joe Dispenza's work was part of what I believe to be, you know, part of my transformation and I encourage anyone to sort of look into his work. Um, Mm -hmm. Phenomenal. I realised that my body had been living the same day over and over for the good part of 12 years. So, you know, there was a part of me that was starting to really understand, ah, okay, some of this is starting to make sense now. I'd been suppressing a lot of emotions. My body was just stuck in the same routine. You know, my thinking, being, pattern had been the same over and over again. And that really made me hyper-focus then while I was away, those first few months of being away, was really, okay, tuning into breaking my own habits, you know, because the first book I read of Joe's was uh, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. uh, And then the second one was You Are the Placebo. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And yeah, when I read Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, that was when I was like, okay, so I normally always follow this routine.
0: That would have been like mind-blowing for you at the time, I can imagine, right? exactly you're like you're speaking to me
1: (laughs) I know exactly exactly that's what I mean I was like these books are made for me right now you know and I just you know I remember just absorbing them even on the days I was tired I was still like I'm going to just keep reading a few more pages because there is so much juice in here that that is relating to me right now and yeah one of the key things was okay I I need to break my routine I need to stop being that same person if I want to become something else and that then started for me you know so that on top of already having Done some emotional purging, then coming into, I'm just going to break the habit of the person that I've kind of set myself up to be and then kind of forgot I was just thinking I was going to be a set and forget um, then I started challenging myself you know I was why why do I, why am I doing it like this when I sh- when I could do it these five other ways and then really pushing myself to do it you know and it was really simple things like in the mornings it would be like okay well I can't sit down outside um, and enjoy the coffee and this you know view of the ocean and the bush and not a person in sight other than my parents parked beside me um, until I had sort of made the bed and tidied the van and I was like why because then if I'm, I'm always doing that I'm always living yesterday so I'm and I'm not saying you know habits and routines aren't good but for yeah. me at that time they really weren't serving and my goodness the resistance you know I would sit down with my coffee and I would feel myself like tensing because I knew I had things that I should have done and I realized how deeply ingrained that like conditioning of this cycle of being was for me. And I was like, oh, wow, this is really going to be a lot harder than I first thought. But I was like, I'm here for it. Because again, I'm, I'm doing this because I, I wasn't sure if I was ever going to start to feel better. Mm. And when I started to do that every day, I would start challenging sort of everything I had to do. And as well as being forced out of my environment because I was away from Perth, I'd moved out of my apartment, I was living in a caravan, everything was new. Yeah. It did become easier because everything I was actually living was new, as well as then I was really forcing myself into new habits. That was that was when I believe the leap sort of just took place mm. because I almost feel like it was a matter of like days, hours. I went from, wow, I still feel tired to whoa, I'm this new person. I'm I'm not. This is not the end for me. I'm something amazing happening to me, and that just continued. That continued. That continued. And uh, I, I share with share with you. I shared with you. Um, I think a couple of months ago that we then had a call. So I was away. Um, mm-hmm. and we're at. I was at a particular location in the Kimberley in WA. Um, at a beautiful station stay. It's called Barn Hill, and uh, this is for me will remain the place where it was like my i i i'd grieved my old life and i stepped into my new life and it was this experience oh my goodness like wa coastline it's like as a sunset like you know everything is most phenomenal. beautiful like, coastline be.
0: in the world
1: like, <laughs> yeah amazing. you know if, if you go and google like the kimberley's wa australia um you know and just look at some of the pictures of it, it's this auburn red like really red cliff bases and then the bluest of blue waters and this beautiful golden sand and at barnhill there's that's what it is and you live and breathe it and i remember my parents saying you're really going to love it there anyway we got there had a few days and then i had this call with you danielle and, and at the time we were sort of just you know i was wasn't sure what i was doing next and i remember we just had a bit of a conversation and it we started talking about you know me working for myself and so i was kind of toying with the idea, but it wasn't sort of landing, you know, super heavy. Um, And then literally like two days after that, I had this mystical experience on the beach and it was a day, it was was the most beautiful, beautiful day. I went for a walk to the, you know, it was about a 2k walk up up this entire beach by myself, um, you know, and there's always people walking in the morning, but I went later. So I knew I'd be the only person up there, walked to these cliffs, sat down, had a moment, had a coffee, just, like, was so present. And the rest of that day, like, I remember looking around and feeling like I was watching, I, I, I was almost having an out-of-body experience, that's how I could describe it to people. I almost feel like I was watching myself in this cinema and that continued for the whole day. And that sunset la- that night, every sunset, you know, for on the WA coastline is incredible, but that sunset that night was hitting differently. And I just went to bed and I, I just remember that feeling. And I was like, I don't feel tired. I was like, I don't, there's, there's no tiredness. You know, I, I hadn't had a sleep that day. I hadn't had a nap. I was just feeling like so grateful for the experience that I was having. And I just knew then that that was the day that there would be You know, the old crystal had left and I was stepping into a new and that then I continued to really deepen into the work because I realized that what I was doing was working, doing things differently was working for me, changing my whole life was working um, and I was going to stick with what was working and what was working was, you know, don't repeat the same thing, just keep doing something different, Mm -hmm. you know, so I continued the rest of the trip with that mindset of, okay, just do something different. And then I kind of knew that I would come back to Perth. I was, I was due back at work in the September and uh, sort of, I extended that out, you know, closer to the end of September because I was, it was just, you know, I was enjoying the lifestyle so much And I returned to work part-time because I didn't know how I was going to handle, you know, coming back to a different environment. So I felt like I'd made a whole pile of progress, but also then people would say, yeah, but what have you got to do? You know, you're living beside the ocean, you know, sitting in the sunshine all day. I'm, that would make anyone feel better. And I was like, mm. okay, yeah, that's that's a fair point. So I don't know what it's like to be back in the kind of hustle and bustle and also I don't know what it's like to have to use my brain really because other than for the key parts of surviving living in a caravan, <laughs> you know, the, the key things I had to remember and, you know, a bit of driving every now and then, um, I hadn't really had to think too much and really make a lot of, you know, decisions for other people other than myself. Mm. So I decided on a return to work part-time and, um, but prior to that, that that business idea was really starting to come through because even though I was returning to work, I, I just don't think my heart was in it anymore. I, I think that day on the beach really solidified that I'd spoken to you and then I decided, you know, I, I don't think working for somebody else is for me. It's And I don't think the corporate life is for me anymore either. I Because I had felt like I felt like that had been a contributing factor to where I had got to. And that was, that's no blame or shame or, you know, it, it, I take accountability because I loved that life, mm. but it just wasn't serving me anymore. And I think mm. that's what I, that's where I really landed. That was not serving me anymore. And I was happy to kind of let that go. So then, you know, I had, I think we started, actually, I missed that point. So on my return trip back to Perth, uh, we had started talking about your mastermind, you know, the business offering that you were having, and I'd sat with it and sat with it. And because I'd started to feel better, my brain was starting to really tune into the decisions that I was making. Mm. So it was harder. It was Mm, was easier for me to give up my, you know, it was easier for me to buy a car and a caravan in the space of 48 hours and, you know, give up my living in my apartment than it was to commit to a, you know, six-month mastermind because my brain had started to, you know, really come back into some clarity. And, you know, a lot of that fear was starting to kick in and there was a lot of ego coming up and, you know, um, awareness. It was just, I was aware of what was happening more and more. Um, so I really had to fight with that decision and I do remember that uh, because it was early bird pricing and I was parked at the petrol station in Karratha I was about to drive off for the afternoon and where I was staying that night didn't have any reception so I was like it's now or ever because you know the early, but you know. And I kept thinking, I, I really want to, I want to be here, but there was just that fear. And right. I was just sitting there in my car for a good space of twenty minutes, like thinking, I really need to get going because I need to get where I'm going and then set up and before it gets dark. And here's me like toying on my phone, and going, "Oh, what am I doing?" And I just said, oh, oh, Crystal, just move with it. Move with it." I just remember saying, "Move with it," and it was when I was saying, "Move with it," I was saying, "Move with the fear." That's what I was really grounding into. I'm scared, but just move with it. Move with the fear. Signed up. And that's kind of when I, that's when we started, you know, then the mastermind started a couple of weeks later. And we just started really talking about, you know, business and being there. And I'd had this idea of what I wanted to do. And that had come through as I want to, you know, coaching people had come very naturally to me in the past my, my role you know when we worked together I was in a leadership position mm. so that kind of coaching mentoring came really naturally and when I look back now that's a common thread that had come through my entire life um, and the second the, the the other thing that was kind of underlying there for me then was I never want anyone to experience some of what I've experienced If I can help somebody align themselves and really check themselves in terms of how they're working and how their work is feeling and how that's contributing to their health and, you know, how from a holistic human point of view, you know, what is their career path and career piece doing for them? That's when I was, you know, I had this really deep calling, like, I want to help people here because Mm. I think I've got something to share. And I think I've got a really lived life experience where, you know, if you are, living the same day and over and over and you're then you're starting to get to this period where you're wondering what's next what you're doing are you happy you know those kind of things and then you know your health starts to be impacted by that then yeah I want to support people to say hey prevention is better than cure um Mm -hmm. you know and and it could be something really simple as changing things up right you know Mm -hmm. if you've been in the same job for 12 years you know 15 years you know what's what's holding you back from giving something else a crack so that was what was coming through and i worked with you in the mastermind to kind of really flesh that out to be like okay so what what does that look like and how can that sort of come Mm. together really um and yes i thank you know that version of crystal sitting at the petrol station and craft every day now for you know persevering and moving with the fear Mm. because you know then i have had to lean back into that moving with the fear very much so because i you know i came back to perth i went i went back to work knowing that it probably wasn't going to be a long-term thing which it it wasn't. I made that decision that um, this is not where I want to be anymore. And I had continued to say, make decisions, you know, as more and more clarity came back to me um, and vision and the feeling of who I now am as a person, I just sort of every time fear presents it's like I, I just keep need to keep moving with it regardless mm. of it. Um, so if it's, if something comes through and I've got a feeling like I want to do something it's just acknowledging that fear and then continuing to, to work to move with it. So that's exactly what I've had to do in life and now mm. in starting my business because so much of it's intertwined and so much of what holds us back is just around that fear.
0: Mm. And it's literally mind boggling to think that within the span of a year, You Uh went from not like january 2022 not being Uh able to get out of bed having to Uh have people come change your bed sheets help you shower to Uh one year later flipping your entire life upside down Uh (laughs) moving into a caravan Uh literally recovering your body to a place where you have energy every single day and you feel vibrant starting your own business like selling all of the things in perth and like deciding to go and live in a caravan and travel the country like it's mind blowing. And mm. I remember even speaking with you at the end uh, a couple months ago uh, about, you know, your vision for 2023. And you're like, I don't even, I just didn't even, all you wanted to do last year was feel better. And then mm. little did you know, you basically gave yourself a, you became an entrepreneur <laughs> and like started yeah. like traveling as a gypsy. And like, yep. and so, uh, you know, I think the beauty of, of what you are sharing as well as just this, This intention for change, but releasing of expectation Mm -hmm. because it was like you just knew that you wanted to feel better and your intention was to feel Mm -hmm. better and to live a different life, but you didn't have an expectation of how that was going to unfold. And I feel like Mm -hmm. because of that, it unfolded in a much more beautiful way than you Mm -hmm. ever could have actually planned for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think I've heard this quote before, and it very much makes me think of your situation. You're going to wonder how to do it until you wonder how you did it and Mm -hmm. i feel like that's like even it doesn't even it doesn't fully make sense how you basically healed your body at when from 20 sleeping 22 hours a day to where you are now but you know and now you're looking back you're like how did I do it Mm. and you didn't know how to do it on the the Mm. other side back there and now you've done it and Mm. it's just this power of like leaning into I really believe like the work but also being able to like leap and like reevaluate what is it that you want for your life and do the uncomfortable things and lean into the power of possibility and put yourself in communities that uplift you because life does get to be such a beautiful experience and you know one of the things that i say as well is like you will you will bless the thing that broke you down but in the midst of that you're probably like screw you universe why did you do this to me you literally mm. thought you were dying and mm. now you were like that's exactly what needed to happen
1: right oh, 100% yeah and i love what you said there about the not have being fixated on what it looked like because that that's literally been the key you know so the key for me In it, all of this has just been okay. I I don't need to have it all figured out. I don't need to have a, Mm. I don't even need a clear vision. Mm. I just need to trust that if I keep doing and this is for me personally, if I just keep doing different things, putting myself in different environments, different spaces, meeting different people, I will be shown where I'm meant to be. Mm-hmm. You know, And when I tune into myself, that's when I know, because it's, I put myself in a new environment, I gravitate towards something, you know, and this is very, that's what's come through, you know, what makes a, a 30, 30, 31 year old super successful you know career driven you know i was going a particular path i I could have you know continued to climb my corporate ladder and you know become very esteemed in what i was doing what makes me then go okay i'm gonna sell my house and i'm gonna live in a caravan i'm just gonna walk around in bikinis all day (laughs) and i'm just gonna chase the sunshine and you know what (laughs) what makes someone you know i'm sure some people have thought i've lost my mind some people have thought you know i've just just completely i was having a nervous breakdown i've become unhinged and no i'm i I'm going back to, you know, the, the true essence of myself and I've, mm-hmm. I've let that come through. But the only way you can let that really ruminate and come through for you is by letting go of the idea of what you needed to be. And Mm -hmm. just being open to that possibility, like you said, because I spent my whole 20s ticking a to-do list. I had ticked everything off other than, you know, being married with a family. That was the only thing that I hadn't achieved in my 20s. Everything else, you know, from success on paper, I had well and truly ticked. Mm -hmm. And Then, you know, getting to that point and realizing I'm not sure if that's now, you know, having had this health crisis, I'm not really sure that's who I am and I'm not sure it's what I want now and then going, I don't know what I want that's okay I'll figure it out because I I just I just have to trust myself and then like you said just releasing just releasing control and just sort of Mm. saying I'm opening myself up universe whatever you want to show me show me Mm. and that that's really what's coming through for me now when I think about what is going to be 2023 you know I made a whole pile of hard decisions at the end of last year you know that is I'm gonna you know sell my house I feel like that's tying me to my to my old life you know that that was a version of Crystal that's gone now and, and I love her for what she did for me I love her for all of the decisions that she made but she's just not here now and she doesn't need to carry that you know crystal you know that part of her was so always saw herself in Perth I I don't know you know I don't know if that's the crystal that's here now so let's go and see what else is out there Mm -hmm. um and that that's sort of what the decision to sort of start traveling full-time but also knowing that when I'm um traveling I'm being forced to continue, to put myself in different environments, to grow, to be doing different things. And there is still a part of me that says, and this is, this is true for me. It's not necessarily true for other people. Cause like I said, some people really need structure and routine mm. 100%. That's what makes them thrive. And for a long time, I thought that's what made me thrive. But what re- truly makes me as an individual thrive is being in the middle of all different types of experiences because that's what's bringing out the bigger bigger part of me mm-hmm. and, and that's what's bringing out the vision of me to serve and to help and to give back to this world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to, that's what I'm tuning into right now. So mm-hmm. I don't have a plan. I don't know what any of the next few months are going to look like specifically. I've got a couple of things to tick off and that's, you know, places to be and that's it because I really want to just keep all of that space open for what is going to present itself because if the last 12 months shows me anything the more I just let go the more Mm -hmm. that is coming and and now I've got some I've got some evidence to back that up so I'm just going to keep leaning into that.
0: Do you have moments where you pinch yourself in what you've done?
1: Yeah all the time all the time especially um, something I never did before I never practiced gratitude. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, gratitude is because it's so, so humbling when I, when I sit in my four wheel drive and I I think, oh, I sometimes I I catch myself and I was like, there was a part of me that would have thought this was never possible for me. And now I'm here, you know, And when I come into my caravan, I'm like, I never, I never, this was never a dream for me, but here I am and I'm me, you know, and especially when I'm parked in nature or I'm parked beside the beach and I think how good is my life like how how did this happen how did I get here so I absolutely have pinch me moments all the time and when I get those pinch me I just lean so heavily into gratitude I just become I just really focus on that gratefulness because I'm just like I'm so glad that I'm still here to experience this Mm -hmm. and I'm so grateful for the version of me that went through all of all of that that I have in the last 18 months to two years to really push me to be here Mm -hmm. so I never take any of what I've got for granted I never I know this is not you know, by a lot of people's standards, this is not normal either. What has happened to me isn't normal, um, and what I'm doing now isn't normal either. You know, mm. I, I get that a lot of people may hear this story and then not really understand. And like I said, that's what I have had people say to me: "Are you sure you're not having a breakdown? Are you sure you're not, <laughs> you know, are you sure you've not lost lost your mind because you've mm. you've kind of just burnt everything to the ground that you've worked for?" And you know, I say to that, "You're not. You're not me." And this is what's true for me. Mm. And then the evidence speaks to itself because, you know, thing, great things are continuing to happen mm. and I'm just going to continue to follow them.
0: Mm. And you have, I see it in you, you have vibrancy, you have joy, mm. you have fulfilment. And what is mm. life? if you don't have that right Mm. life is not the things that we have it's not the things that we own it's Mm. not our daily routine it's it's a deep feeling of like gratitude and joy and experience and growth and and pleasure and i see that in you Mm. now every day and it's such a testament to your own like for everyone listening crystal fucking does the work she does the work, and I think, you know, you go all in, and that's something that I really appreciate about you, and I, I'm very similar myself, or just like, you know, I just was like, I'm going to sell everything and move to Bali, right? You're like, basically mm. did similar thing, right? Mm. And so... I'm not saying that everyone has to sell their home and leave mm. everything, but it's, mm. if you, if you are desiring something different, you do have to be willing to mm. do the work but in whatever capacity that is for you at the time. Cause you had small pockets of that. Right. Mm. But it's, it's really being willing to like lean into the uncomfortable spaces. And I've seen that in you many, 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 many times, um, in the past year and a bit. And, and mm. I tr- attribute that to your personal transformation and it, like you want to know the key to transforming your life. Like, do the work, do the yep. inner work, and yep. you will see your external world change more phenomenally than you could ever imagine. Right?
1: Uh, absolutely, absolutely. That's yeah. If anyone takes anything away from today, it's that the value of of doing you know the work and quote you know, the work quote unquote. And yeah. and again, it, how that gets thrown around so much these days. You know, doing the work, and you know, oh, I'm I'm seeing you know some things have become on trend. I'm seeing a therapist, or I'm doing this, or I'm doing mm. that, and you know I, I meditate now, and yes, I'm, you know, there's so so many elements to it, and there, there is a lot of things that get thrown around. But when I say do the work, what that really means to me is just being willing to sit with yourself because you do you can go to all the meditation classes, all the yoga classes, all the therapy classes that you want. That that's great. But if you don't then take a moment to actually stop. And integrate that into your life, and actually ad- address where you're at. You're just continuing to skim the surface, mm-hmm. and it's it's interesting because when I I work with some of my clients, I get I get met with lots of resistance. Like I don't have time. I'm a busy mom. I'm a busy wife. I'm this. I'm that. You know. And, and I say to them, so you don't really want to change then, because when you really want, you, you oh find... she's got
0: spicy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's the truth though. Because if, if you yeah. if you really want it,
1: you will find a way. To make space to be with yourself, you know, it's, it's, I challenge people to really check yourself in that sense because I was one of those people and I can only sit here and say that because I was one of those people. I said, Oh, I'm, I'm great because I meditate and I go to therapy and I have a routine and, you know, I take antidepressants and I do all of these things to manage my mental health and I do all of these things. But at the time, I really, what came out for me in the last 12 months with the, a lot of emotional purging was, yeah, I wasn't in touch with my emotions, I wasn't making time to spend with actually who I was and what I wanted. And again, if I go back to what was the fundamental thing, it was the fear. Because then if you unlock and discover what you are about, then the fear comes through of, okay, well, now if I want that, how am I going to make that possible for myself? And it's, you know, a lot of people, you know, and I'm speaking now from a a career coaching perspective, people don't want to sit with themselves and explore what's possible for them because that means that once they unlock it and uncover it and they've seen it, then that's that sits with them and it lingers and then they go okay well now what do I do with it and if they were you know brave enough to follow through on it god that's that's scary and that's going to take a whole pile of work and that means i am going to have to take action and la 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 so it's just so much easier that I don't even get to that point where I see it mm. it's like there's there's a package in there that they know what they are here to do they mm. know what is going to bring them the fulfillment in terms of the work that but a lot of people won't even get near um um you know mm. unboxing The the package they'll never even take the wrapping paper off off that present because Mm -hmm. they they just they know what's in there but they don't want to and again I speak that from experience because Mm -hmm. I when I look back now I know I had been given messages and signs for many many years prior to this happening um, and I didn't listen Mm -hmm. and I was gifted with hey well if you're not listening I'm just going to take your the one thing that you can't do anymore and that, you know, I'm going to take that away from you and that is your mind. I'm going to take your ability to think away from you because I'm going to make you so tired you can't think and you can't work anymore and you can't keep running. I'm going to take that away, you know, I'm going to take that away from you. your ability to run, I'm going to take that. So I'm going to make you tired, I'm going to make you not think. And then it was like, okay, well, now I'm going to give you a bit of mental clarity, I'm going to see what you can do with it and then that's, you know, like I said, I used those pockets and I just made decisions because I didn't have the energy to fight it and that was when I started to get rewarded for it. But, yeah, fundamentally
0: from your higher self perspective what you did hey what you orchestrated that's very smart hey you keep running
1: I'm gonna make you stop exactly (laughs) exactly so I just say to people like in what areas are you starting to feel yourself slow down because Mm. or where you're feeling that resistance or where are you getting a call and you're not hearing it because it's much easier to hear it early on than it is later to deal with some severe consequences so where are you hearing in your job that you're not happy where are you hearing in the workplace that you're not fulfilled anymore where are you feeling that resistance to just show up where have you lost your spark there mm-hmm. you know and it doesn't mean that then there's this this huge oh okay we need to have a 50-step plan and we need to really you to know, have this all stepped out and mapped out and then you're going to make all of these massive changes that are going to impact your whole life and your family no 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 this is just about like okay let's mm-hmm. just continue to explore this and this could be a slow burn i think that's the thing as well when we talk about transformation and changing your life i did it in 12 months yes <laughs> you know 12 to 18 months However, that is because I had not been listening probably for the good part of six years and in that six years I had constant things compounding and compounding Mm -hmm. and I decided, no, 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 not listening, not listening, not listening, not listening. Mm -hmm. If you hear a call in yourself and you start to listen to it, you're not going to continue to be hounded Mm -hmm. basically. You're just going to be able to start to subtly make those small little changes because it won't be this drumming in your ear that's saying do this, do this, or, you know, you're not happy, you're not happy or for me, like being becoming incredibly unwell, it'll just be this feeling and you'll be able to continue to pivot and sort of move with that and that can become a subtle undertone. And when we think about like changing careers, that can be a bit of personal development that might lead into, you know, doing some volunteer work. And then, you know, in the space of three to four years, you might have made a complete leap in the type Mm -hmm. of work that you're doing, how you're doing it and how it's supporting your life. But, you know, that wouldn't have happened if you hadn't have started to listen three to four years prior. Mm. Um, So I say to people, the more you delay those – the, the knowing of you not being happy and you not being where you should be, that's really only going to, you know, create you more headaches down mm. the track when you, and this is especially strong with families, you know, cause they'll say it's not the right time. It's not the right time. And it's like, but then what you'll do is you'll just put off what you need to do for five years time. And there's never going to be a right time. Cause you're always going to have a family right? Your kids yeah. are not going anywhere. So yeah. it, you either make the change now and you do it yeah. subtly and you start to weave that in, or you're going to have to wait five years and then, you know, realize that other parts of your life have mm-hmm. been so severely impacted by the fact you weren't happy at work that you're going to have to make massive change and your family is going to be impacted regardless.
0: Mm. Uh, it's funny that you, I actually talk about that in my book. I call it signs for learning and challenges for growth because we get the signs for learning from our intuition. So it'll be like the little things. It's like you have a hard day and something happens. You're like, I should have turned down that street and I went this way instead but if we start if we we can navigate the adversity if we start to listen to the science for learning Mm. but if we do not listen to the science for learning we will be hit with a challenge for Mm. growth which will be a concussion which will be a chronic fatigue which will be you know and I hope that it isn't an accident or a disease Mm. or anything like that but if we do not listen the universe you know whatever you believe in there is a force greater than us that slows us Mm. down that Mm. is that is determined to realign us mm. and and the the powerful thing is also realizing that we don't have to get to that point but sometimes mm. we do get to that point because we don't listen to the niggle inside of us that is saying no you need to make a change you need to make a change mm. because change is scary but also you know what's scarier being faced with these big challenges that can come our way if we don't listen to our intuition in a long in the long term and i love how mm. you speak about that in career because um, you know what you are doing now with with humans with women with people all of the world in australia is really helping them realign in that career because that was a really big passion of yours Mm -hmm. um and there are people that that is where their true fulfillment will come from but Mm -hmm. even just like experiencing a little bit of your genius in of itself like you were incredibly good at what you do as a career coach incredibly good and i think that i had never really seen that kind of personal development perspective being placed on the career, which I think is mm. so important because that's mm. the, the path of life a lot of people want to go down. But mm. if we look at it from a growth perspective, it's so much more fulfilling.
1: Mm, 100%, 100%, and I think you know when we talk about like what my philosophy is is here, um, and why I am passionate about targeting like the area of career. Firstly, because yeah, it comes it comes through so much for me because work has always been of very high value to me. You know the type of work that I do, and that hasn't changed. So just like I said, just because I prance around in a bikini and live in a caravan now and just drive around like you know this free love and hippie, um, <laughs> that that doesn't change the value of work. Work. It's just yeah. the the what work now means and the type of work I do is is what is different. But what I really want to do is address, you know, something I'm I say to all my clients is, you know, we really are addressing the whole human a, as one thing and your career being a pillar of your life, just like your relationships, just like your family, just you know, that your how you want to serve is one thing. But the the undertone that's really strong for me and what I feel I'm now gifted to serve the world with is the fact that for a lot of people, it's hard for them to bring any kind of personal development into their world because sometimes it's so hard for them to even understand what that could look like. Mm -hmm. And it's scary. And as well, there's a lot of, you know, uh, sort of maybe stigmatism, um, sorry. Yeah. Like around it, you know, stereotypes around Mm -hmm. what personal development looks like. And so people go, oh, no, no, that's not for me, right? I want to, what I'm able to weave through with a lot of the work I do with my clients is bringing those things in in a really subtle way that I know is going to be impactful, that I know that they can then translate to all areas of their life. But we do it in, if we're doing it just in work, it just feels like work. Mm-hmm. So a classic example is some of my clients are, you know, I'll, I'll encourage them to, we start with reflection and I say, you know, where in your life, so you write a to-do list at the start of the day, where do you do a reflection summary at the end of the week or the, you know, end of the fortnight say, and they'll mm-hmm. say, I don't. Okay. So how, how do you measure how you went, you know, and people say, the only time I reflect is when I'm doing a, a performance review and, and I'm like, okay, that, that's that's fine, but we need to try and introduce that on a more regular basis. What I'm really getting them to do and what i start to really ingrain in them because then i'll give them some questions and what what they don't realize is they're now journal they're journaling but mm-hmm. <laughs> they i know that but if i'd said to them and i have said at the start to others oh you know would you be open to journaling no <laughs> okay cool so but now and it's funny because <laughs> any clients of mine that are listening to this now they'll laugh because i was say, i'm journaling now <laughs> and i'm like yeah you are <laughs> yeah are journaling you just didn't didn't know that and I was able to introduce you know a tool that can be then translated to any area of their life and I say Mm -hmm. so you can journal on anything you can follow that same reflective process on anything but we did it in a space that felt like because they were able to kind of remove the meaning of it and just make it oh I'm just reflecting for work if that Mm -hmm. kind of makes sense like it kind of became the you know, and then I say, well, now we're just going to label it that right And they're mm-hmm. like, ah oh, okay, I see what you're saying. So I really want to bring through some of those key sort of tools that I know in from my own personal development, have being in this personal development world, the the tools that help can really help support your own transformation. I want to bring them yeah. through into the world of work basically mm-hmm. and really help people find find what they're looking for, find sustainability, find some self-belief, you know, Mm -hmm. find, you know, moving through the fear, but doing it, making it in a way and a, having a process that's relatable for them. And like I said, mm-hmm. a lot of people feel safe when I just keep it to, okay, we're just talking about work. I'm not asking you to journal on how you're feeling about your family. We're just going to talk about, you know, what what were your work interactions and did you meet your own targets, kind of yeah. that approach. Yeah. So it's just they're the kinds of, that's the kind of approach I have and that's why I'm so passionate about working in the space of career because I think that is how that I can make the greatest impact to the most people you know, because not everyone is at a stage where they're ready to do any of that personal development work Mm -hmm. but everyone is always looking for a pay rise everyone is always looking for you know more fulfillment at work so I'm like okay well I can give you the tools that you can weave into that and then Mm. I trust that what I what you learn from me you will then go and sew and and apply to other areas of your life and you are going to you know receive extreme transformation from that but it's just going to start with what we do at work And, and yeah having had a corporate background the work it's very, you know, that really feels like my wheelhouse in terms of what I know and what we bring through in terms of the relationship we have with work.
0: Yeah, it's like you, I kind of say that in what I do as well. Sometimes I'll talk, I'll talk about mindset, manifestation, self-worth. And then I'm like, and then you like come through a door and I'm like, this is what it's really like. <laughs> yeah. But we talk about this, but then you get all of this, right? And so it's like the same thing because it can be intimidating for people. They're like, I yes. don't want to fucking om shanti and kumbaya yes. and cry out yes. my feelings. That's intimidating for people. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. But I think that there's a really gentle way that we, you least like that I love the way that you do it and just like we can get so much more fulfillment out of our life and so much more growth out of our career and mm. pay rise and promotion mm. and bonuses mm. if we have just this lens of okay well how did how can I improve myself and not mm. from a place of I'm broken and need to go cry on, on a retreat to improve mm. myself you know and that's going to be some people's path but that's not going to be other people it's going to look different for everyone right mm. and it's mm. so cool to see you bringing that to the career realm, because I think Mm. that you have so much magic inside of you. And then it's going to naturally, cause that is doing the work, right? That is doing the work, the internal work, which they probably don't fully realize they're doing. Mm -hmm. And then they get the external results, right? They, Mm. which is the pay rise, the promotion, the job offer, the different career path, whatever it may be, just as you did the work internally to create the external change Mm. in your body and your life. Right? There is just a piece that we got to look inside, whatever that means for you.
1: One hundred, yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And I think, you know, that just sort of also reminded me of of what we spoke to before. Like the other piece, it's I want, yeah, people's work and their career to really fit their life. We go through seasons. People set and forget you know, they'll go to uni and they'll say, I'm just going to be a a lawyer, a doctor for the rest of my life. Meanwhile, their whole life is doing this, like up and down, because that's natural. We go through seasons. Meanwhile, we just think our career is set and forget. And I I do get very passionate about you, you need to adapt your career to suit the season of your life. But people, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, again, because we just have this kind of fixed mindset of it's set and forget, uh, people don't know what's possible for them. And I think that's my craft. When I think about like, what is, what's the thing I'm the, this what's one of my greatest strengths is, is, I can ask people questions. I love asking people questions and having them be really stumped because I'm like, go and ponder that. Something will come through. But then secondly, is is making people understand that on a surface level, just because a, p- a position description says this doesn't mean that you don't have every skill that's transferable to, you know, to, for you to apply for this job. You know, just mm-hmm. because you're doing this doesn't mean you can't do this. And this is how, you know, mm-hmm. this is what your skills are because People just see things as being so unattainable for themselves. They're like, I could never be that. I could never do that work because, Mm. you know, of X, Y, Z. And it's like, no, 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 you can. And I think working, that's why I love the concept of working with a career coach because I'm going to sit there, blow all of those ideas out of the water and then say, and now what have you got? Now mm-hmm. what, what's the excuse you've got and then it's like very much like, okay well maybe it's just the fear that you need to we've got to work through together and mm-hmm. and and then we learn about you as a person to say how do we work with that fear you know and that's where it becomes a very individualized approach it's not so much a you know this is a one-size fit all approach again because everyone is having at a different point in their life they've all got they're on a different journey there's a different season coming mm-hmm. through so it's just important to honor that and I just I, I just get so I do get very passionate about people just thinking that just because that's what you studied at uni, that's what you do for the rest Mm. of your life. And and there's just not enough pivoting, there's not enough growth, there's not enough you know, being willing to Mm. expand themselves
0: so good so juicy what a conversation we've (laughs) had and I believe you have your own podcast coming out
1: yes (laughs) yes so I've had big dreams lots of things happening um and it's just been a matter of timing so I definitely am somebody that's still battling with the fact that I like to bite off more than I can chew Um, there's certainly there's still a little bit of old crystal coming through there, but yeah. yes, the podcast is simmering away, and uh, the intention for my podcast is just to share stories, um, and that will be coming in the next uh, month or so. Once I hit the road, which will be happening uh, in, in early April, um, then I'll be uh, yeah podcasting um, and my intent is actually just to share stories of people that I meet along the way because that that's been the thing that's transformed my life the mm-hmm. most as well hearing other people's experience I, I talked about sense of community I talked about knowing that you're not the only you know not the only one and, and feeling that real sense together and that's what I want to bring through my own podcasting experiences mm-hmm. is really sharing stories of people because ironically everyone that I meet on the road has had a similar journey to me they were going mm-hmm. down a path and it was whether their husband got sick their their, you know, the mum got sick, somebody got sick or s- some catastrophic event happened and mm. they went, do you know what? There's more to life than this. I'm selling my house, I'm buying a caravan, I'm going travelling and mm. none of us have looked back. So I really want to tap into those. So cool. I want to, yeah, I want to tap into those stories to show people what's possible. And yeah. and again, it's not to sort of say everyone needs to go and buy a caravan and drive off into the sunset, but it's more just saying, you, if, if that's what feels true for you, just because no one else is doing it in your circle doesn't mean you can't do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, it's actually my dirty little secret is that I am addicted to RV talk on Facebook reels. I love looking at people's RVs. I think it's mostly in America. That's who that gets shown to me. RVs, camper vans. I actually don't have a desire to live in a camper van Mm. personally, but I love looking at people's camper vans. And so (laughs) what comes along with that is people share their stories, which is very similar to yours. Which is like, what life am I living? What is the point of this? Why do I need all of this stuff? And Mm. it just comes back to that deeper meaning of like how do we want to live what actually matters to us and what really deeply mm. gives us fulfillment so that's going to be yeah. so cool and for everyone else out there what are ways if you are tickling their fancy what are ways that they can work with you
1: yeah absolutely so i've got um some spots available at the moment for one-to-one coaching and mentoring so um you can follow me on instagram um which danny will have all of this in the show notes as well check out my website um but i've got one-to-one uh, sort of containers three-month and six-month opportunities so that's you know calls um, as well as some support in between those particular calls as well as uh, I have some masterclass kind of experiences and some programs that will be coming out in the next couple of months and those the the two particular areas that we're really focusing on or, or sort of three offerings is a progression which is really targeted to you're not sure where you're at but you just know that you want to keep moving so that's for somebody that's really curious uh Lioness Leader, that's for women um, who are looking to take over their corporate environment. So that's for women that are in leadership positions or, um, you know, uh, supporting executive levels. Um, that one is very close to my heart because I, I think what I'm bringing to these spaces and these particular ones on Lioness Leader, like the one-on-ones, is that's what I needed when I was mm. doing that particular work. When I, You know, when I was finding my stripes, so to speak, as an executive assistant, that that's what I was looking for. Um, So I really want to provide that support. And then the other one really close to my heart is uh, sort of Mama Makes Moves. Um, It's a, you know, these are specific for mums returning to work. So I've had lots of experience, even though I'm a mother myself uh, in my previous role, and all of my friends who have children will be, you know, agree with this. Um, It's, I'm so passionate about mums in the workplace. There's there's not enough credit given for their Mm. incredible work and the contributions that they can make. So Mm -hmm. I really feel passionate. I, I hate women limiting themselves. I hate to hear of women limiting themselves just because they think they've got a family this is this is what we need to keep pushing forward advocating breaking down so i have a lot of fire in my belly about the the mum situation in the workplace so i love working one-on-one with mums as well and yeah there'll be group programs that align to those as well coming in the next sort of uh, three to six months where people will be able to jump in and have an experience
0: so exciting and definitely go follow her on Instagram because her tall tales of caravanning are very, very fun to watch. I appreciate it. Um, you are just such a light. Thank you. Thank you for giving me some time today to ask you questions. And I like feel got emotional hearing your story because I'm just so proud of your journey and your transformation and that I got to be a little part of that. Um, and it's just is, Uh, it's just incredible to see what humans can do when they're willing Mm. to go to some of the uncomfortable places and and create something deeper and more passionate that they believe in in their life. And you're the absolute embodiment of that. And I cannot wait to continue to see you shine. Watch this space, guys. Crystal has got some fire (laughs) to share.
1: thank you dk thank you for having me today and yeah to anyone listening today i hope there was something in there that made you sort of consider where you're at in your own life no matter whether it's in your career whether it's you know in your home life just just know that if if there is there is a quiet whisper if there is a feeling that it is okay that it is completely okay and it is about finding a space for me, it was Danielle's world. But find yourself a space and find yourself other people who can hold you through that. And I promise you, it doesn't matter what you find. It's going to be, it's mm. not going to be okay. It's going to be more than okay. Mm. <laughs> I think we just don't honour that enough. We say, I'll be okay. No, no, no. It's going to be so much better than okay.
0: Mm. Just just
1: allow yourself to know that.
0: Mm. Love it. <laughs> You're amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Jessica. you. Everyone Thank who you. has a follow, Crystal and have a beautiful day. Welcome to the other side, beautiful souls. I so deeply appreciate you spending this time with me. My intention with this podcast is to uplift love on and inspire you and align my actions with this intention, but as with everything in the world of personal and spiritual development, take what feels good for you and leave the rest. As a white able-bodied cisgender woman, the perspectives I share here are inherently affected by my privileges. I'm actively invested in learning how to elevate and support lived experiences beyond my own, and I'm always open to and grateful for your feedback. I am listening. No matter who you are, where you're from, or where you're going, I see you, I love you, and you matter. So thank you for listening, beautiful souls, and I'll see you next time.